Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. We're at a we're in war. Right now, there's a spiritual battle raging in the earth. And you and I are called to fight the good fight of faith. And like you said over in Timothy, that we are to wage war. In other words, we're not just to stick around and wait for the devil to start the next battle. You and I are to be stirring up things. You and I are to be the aggressors. You and I are to be on the attack. We are to be preemptive. We are to come against the enemy before he even knows what hits him. You and I are firing away the word of God, which is referred to as the sword of the spirit. Now today, you know, there's more than just swords. We could call it the gun. We could call it the missile. We could call it the nuclear option. Come on, somebody. Right? I mean, that, I mean, the, dear Lord, I mean, there's some scripture in here. It's nuclear. Yeah. I mean, you can just take out the whole mess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about the whole devil's camp, man. <laughs> just take it out with the word of God. See, our faith is in the word. So, man, when we're speaking the word of God, we're firing weapons. We're firing, we're firing weapons into the enemy's camp. So that's why that's what I mean when it's talking about being aggressive. We've got to be on the attack. And by being preemptive, we can prevent many of the attacks that the enemy would be plotting or scheming against us. No, we can get out get out ahead of him before he even is able to fire a shot and just wipe out his arsenal. Just mess him up. Just mess up all his schemes and all his plans. How many people know he's got some plans? He's got some schemes, right? Let's, let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6. We got to get aggressive, more aggressive. God's speaking to us. In these Wednesday night services, he's talking to us about getting, getting aggressive. Because... It could prevent a lot of problems for us. Because if we sit back and we're not preemptive, we don't get out ahead of the devil and attack and mess up his schemes and his plans, then he's able to develop those plans. He's able to develop them. A lot of, them, a lot of those plans he develops in people because he uses people to get, to get his work done. Just like God uses his people to get his work done. And so if you, if you let the devil just, go, just keep working, just keep doing stuff, and just, then things can just pile up and be overwhelming. And now you've got this, you've got this big giant you've got to deal with when you could have dealt with it when it was just a little thing. It was on the, it was on the planning table, but you blew up the table. You know what I'm saying? You blew up the bunker that they were all, all down there scheming in. Because you're out ahead of it. That's where praying in the Holy Spirit comes in. Praying in tongues. Because that's a huge weapon. Ooh, hallelujah. Praying in tongues is a huge weapon. Because now you're praying things that your mind doesn't know anything about. 
And the devil's over here plotting something. And now we're over here just, we're speaking in tongues. And we're, therefore, we're speaking the words of God. And even though our, we might not have the understanding of what we're saying, we are speaking the words of God. And rest assured, what we're saying will work for our good. That's what he meant when he said that over in Romans 8. Why don't you hold your place in Ephesians and go to Romans, the 8th chapter. Christians just aren't using this weapon as much as they should. We, we got to get aggressive. We got to get on the attack. We attack with our tongue. I said we attack with our tongue. We speak the words of God and we fire things. And so, you know, we don't even realize just speaking in tongues. But man, the enemy, the, the enemy is just getting, all his plans are getting all messed up. He's getting all messed up. Here, Romans chapter 8 and in verse 26... He says, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. I mean, there's a lot of things we don't know we should be praying for. There's stuff that's going to happen tonight, tomorrow, later this week. We don't know what's coming. With our heads, we don't know. But our hearts hooked up to the Holy Spirit, know. And so he says, we don't know. The Spirit helps us, see, in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered, and really should be translated articulated. Cannot be articulated, because if you're groaning, you're uttering. So it doesn't even make sense to say it can't be uttered, because when you're groaning, you're uttering something. Isn't that true? Yeah. No, he's talking, if you look up the word down in the Greek, it's talking about, Words that cannot be articulated. In other words, it can't be spoken in a known tongue. But you're over here groaning by the Holy Spirit. And sometimes speaking in tongues is like groaning. Especially you really start getting into intercession. You start getting down into deep intercession. And, and you can get down into some deep, deep, deep groanings just coming up out of your, uh, you know, out of your mouth. But... What are you saying? What are you, what are you praying out? What are you, what are you addressing? What are you dealing with? Well, a lot of times you're dealing with the schemes of the devil. Taking out his plans. There's people say, well, you know, praying in tongues is great because the devil doesn't know what you're saying. There's no scripture to verify that. There's no scripture to verify that the devil does not understand what you're saying when you're speaking in tongues. I believe he does know exactly what you're saying when you're speaking in tongues. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he says, Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels. So the tongue of men, which would be obviously our, our known languages here on earth. But then there's this tongue of angels. We speak the tongue of angels? Well, what is that? Well, that's speaking in tongues. And it's the angels' language. which means angels understand it. And how many people know demons are fallen angels? Demons are fallen angels, so they understand what's being spoken when we're speaking in tongues. So man, the devil's sitting there, he's going, somebody get them to shut up. Because they're messing up everything we've been building up. This whole arsenal of ours to mess them up. 
I'm telling you, it just puts the devil in a panic. You get to speaking in tongues, it drives him bananas. He drives him crazy. I mean, I'm telling you, demons go crazy when you start speaking in tongues. And that's a good thing. I said, that's a good thing. So notice, you don't know what, you're, what to pray for as you ought. Now, Ephesians, the sixth chapter, he says, verse 11, put on the whole armor of God, or the full armor of God. Now, have you done that? Do you know for sure? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, my margin says schemings. The schemings of the devil. That could also, I think, amplify his strategies. The strategies of the devil. So he's, he's strategizing. The devil's uh, scheming against us. So God says here, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemings of the devil. Well, how do you put on the full armor of God? Well, again, it's all with your tongue. It's all with the words that you speak. What you're saying can be clothing you or stripping you of your armor, of your spiritual clothing, of your spiritual gear. So you don't want to be stripping yourself. You want to be empowering yourself, right? You want to be weaponizing yourself. You want to be putting that armor of God on. Well, what's the armor? The breastplate of righteousness. How do you put on the breastplate of righteousness? Actually, it also says, take up. Take up the breastplate of righteousness. How do you take it up? You talk it up. You talk it up. What do you mean talk it up? I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say it. See, because in this world, you're going to feel like a flesh creature. And the devil's going to tell you you're a flesh creature. And there's going to be all kinds of symptoms to prove that you're a flesh creature. But we walk by faith and not by Sight. And so what are we walking by faith in? In the word of God. And the word of God says that if you're in Christ Jesus, you are the righteousness of God. You're a new creation. Old things have passed away. See, you've got to put that on. You can't walk around saying, I'm an old sinner. I'm just an old sinner. My Lord, you're stripping yourself naked. You're just putting yourself out there. You don't have an armor. You don't have any breastplate on. Think about that. People walk around and say, I'm just an old sinner. Christians walk around, no breastplate at all. I mean, they're just open target for the enemy to nail them. No, 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 put that breastplate on. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And if you've messed up, if you've slipped, fall, and, and fall in the pig slop, you know, what do you do? No, no, no. You speak the word of God. You repent. You say, Lord, forgive me for that. That's not who I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's who I am. I'm better than that. I repent of that and I move on from there. I'm not going to sit here and just, oh, see, I just can't get it. I'm just no good. I'm just unworthy. I'm just an old sinner. You're open for the enemy's attack. See, you don't want to be open to the enemy's attack like that. No, no, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You keep that breastplate on. You keep that breastplate on. And that will cause you to be able to overcome... Any kind of slimy thing the devil tries to fire at you. 
to cause you to fall in sin the second time and the third time, see? The Bible says a righteous man may fall seven times, but he will rise again. And that could be seven times in the hour. I don't know. But the bottom line is we get back up. I'm a righteous man. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you do it with all the armor. You put on the, put on the helmet of salvation. How? Talk it up. I have the mind of Christ. That's a good one. See, because it's protecting your mind. That's what that helmet is doing. It's protecting your thought life. I have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me. That anointing is on my head. I have a clear mind. I have a sound mind. I just, I'm just so stupid. I wouldn't say that if I were you. I said, I wouldn't say that. You're not protecting your thought life. And so you start saying, I'm stupid. And next thing the enemy starts coming against your mind. All right. So again, all this, the belt of truth, the, the, the shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the, you know, take up the shield of faith. Hallelujah. Quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. But thank God for the sword of the spirit, the bazooka of the spirit. You know, you set that thing on your shoulder. You know what a bazooka looks like? We walk around with the bazooka of the spirit. I mean, just blow stuff up. Shika la basa tanta the niche basa noche. Right? Just start speaking in tongues, praying in the Holy Spirit. If you're not aware of a problem, if you don't know what the enemy's up to, then that's what you do, pray in the, in the Spirit. If you do know, then you take hold of the Scriptures and you launch the Word of God. If you see and you can tell, you discern, the Lord's revealed it to you, what the enemy's up to, then get Scripture that covers that situation and catapult it. You know? Catapult it over there into the enemy's camp and just start dropping bombs. Just have an air assault on the enemy. Amen. This is real stuff. So he says, wage war. Get aggressive. Don't wait around. Don't allow the enemy to develop all his weaponry, develop all his plans. So now you got this big monster plan of the devil that now you got to fight against. You got to get things in their seed stage. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can do it. We can do it. Praise God. You know, there's been times where I just feel a little tightening in my throat. Just a little tightening. A lot of times I know people just blow that off. And then they go to bed and they wake up the next day and their throat's on fire. And then they still don't do much about it. And then it just keeps going. And next thing you know, their whole, their whole system's broken down. Now they're dealing with all the... Now I got the flu. I'm catching the flu. I caught it. I was afraid I was going to get it. Well, that's probably why you got it. First of all, I'd never catch it anyway. I think some people go out to like Dick's Sporting Good and they go buy themselves a nice glove to make sure they catch everything the devil throws at them. You know? Devil throws it at me. I ain't got to catch it. It bounced it off me. He say, hey, Stevie. No, don't say Stevie, right? <laughs> Stevie. Huh? I, I'm just not going to catch that. I'm not going to sit there and go. It's flu season. Everybody's getting it. I'm probably going to catch it. <laughs> Told you. 
I wouldn't do that. I'm not getting it. But you see, but I just do, I just a little tightening. I deal with it right away. I take that serious. That's a demonic attack. So I'm serious. I'm just telling you, we're in a battle. A lot of people won't do that, and they'll just let the thing develop. And just work and work and work. And next thing you know, you know, they're at the hospital or whatever. They're taking all kinds. And they're just, their body, their immune system. Now they're over there saying, pray for me. You know, help me, help me get out of this situation. Okay, well, praise God. Thank God we can get out of those situations. But it's a, sh- it's, it's a whole lot easier to nail it before the thing is able to build and grow and completely deplete your immune system. Right? I mean, you can get to the place where, you know, you're so oppressed, it's like you don't even want to pray. It's like you just want to just... It's easier to just suffer through it than to pray. I mean, it's like... Just... Let's believe God I won't agurgitate. It's like, no, let me just do it. Let me just do it. It's easier just... You know what I'm saying? I mean, you're just like totally victimized. You follow me? Totally victimized, you know. But why are you waiting for that? Get on top of the thing. Nail it before it, it, it grows into something like that. If you have any kind of sense of something, hit it with the word of God. By whose stripes you were healed. Jesus took my infirmities. He bore my sicknesses. He carried my pains. I don't get sick in Jesus' name. So medicate yourself with the word of God. Just medicate yourself. With, a lot of people run to the vitamin C. Well, run to the B-I-B-L-E. Thank God for vitamin C, but bless God, my faith is in the B-I-B-L-E. And what the Bible has to say about these things. Amen. I can add a little vitamin C to it, but bless God, I ain't building on vitamin C. I'm building on the Bible, and I'll add vitamin C to it. The problem is a lot of people try to build on the vitamin C and put the Bible on top of that. That don't work. That's a foundation that won't hold up. It won't work. Can't put anything above the Word. Can't put anything above God. So that's how you sink. So that's how you fail. That's how you lose. We don't want to lose any battles. Amen? And the best way to do that is be on the offense. Get out in front of it before it turns into a major issue. Now, again, we looked at this scripture a couple weeks ago, but I want to look at it again because it goes along with exactly what I'm saying. It's in Numbers chapter 33. This is a warning that the Lord gave to the children of Israel concerning going in and possessing the promised land. And there were a lot of giants in the land. See, these guys were big. They had grown big. Giants. And so, in verse 55 of Numbers 33, the Lord said this through Moses, but if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land, and again, they were to be on the offense, children of Israel. They weren't to sit back and let the devil come in and attack them. They needed to go in and take this land. God said, if you don't go in there, if you don't drive them out, if you don't strike first, if you don't attack them and drive them out of the land from before you, then it shall be that those whom you let remain shall be irritants in your eyes and thorns in your sides. That's a thorn in the flesh. And they shall harass you in the land where you dwell. Moreover, it shall be that I will do to you as I thought to do to them. In other words, you start speaking negative and you let the devil have place in your life. 
and those things will come upon you that should have happened to them. You should have pushed them back. You should have drove them out, see? And if you're just not, if you're not going to be aggressive and you're just kind of sit back and you're going to let the enemy just, just build stuff and just always just wait until you have to defend yourself, he said, you're going to constantly have battles, you're going to constantly have issues, and I mean, you're going to be constantly being harassed, they're going to irritate you, you're going to have so many things irritating you and frustrating you, you're going to have so many things poking at your flesh. People have so many things going on, so many negative things, so many things poking at their flesh, pulling on their flesh, irritating them, sticking them, causing them problems at the problems at the problems at the problems. And why is it? It's because in many cases they haven't risen up and been aggressive to clear it out. They just pray until they have relief. A lot of people just pray until they have relief. Things seem better now. Then they let the enemy regroup. And they let all this stuff keep coming. They just let things pile up and problems piling up. Problems pile up. And it all starts in the spirit. It all starts in the spirit. These things don't start in the natural. They start in the spirit. So we got to be very diligent spiritually to be praying in the Holy Spirit. Clearing the airwaves around us. Clearing our homes of problems. Clearing our lives. Clearing stuff out of our soul. As soon as you see any kind of junk in your soul, get it out. You know what I'm talking about. In your soul there, where your emotions are, you know, your will, your inner feelings. You got stuff going on in there. There's some worldly, fleshy, lusty garbage that's in there. And people just let it sit in there and they kick it around. They kick it around and they let some more dirt just, just fall. And then they sit down and they watch dirt. And dirt falls in their soul and, and they don't really do anything about it. And, and dirt just... And next thing you know, they got problem after problem after problem after problem. That's, that's why he talked about abstaining... From, Peter said abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. So you're giving the enemy place... <laughs> To create, to aggressively attack you. To, to wage war against you. So why are you letting the enemy wage war against you? Because it could be fatal. He could take you out. He could take out your faith. He's done it to a lot of folks. He could take out your faith, undermine your faith, knock out your relationship with God, cause you to fall into a depression that you can't seem to get out of. You know, I, I mean, he could create all kinds of problems. The list goes on. And so, so why are you letting the enemy wage war against you by not clearing out all the things, all his debris, all his garbage that he will use against you? Clear out the land, man. Clear out your promised land. I'm talking about the land of your heart. I'm talking about your inner being. Clear it out. Don't let stuff remain in there because it'll rise up. And it'll bring temptations, it'll bring frustrations, it'll bring all kinds of problems. So, so let's get aggressive. You know, get the blowtorch out. I'm talking about the blowtorch of the word, man. Take the blowtorch of the word and just... You know? Be aggressive. Shut down stuff that would try to get in there and defile you. Don't let stuff get in your heart and defile you. Well, I'm not under the law. And, uh, you know, I'm saved by grace. So I can do whatever I want. Okay, good. Well, be blowtorched then by the devil. 
Be destroyed by the destroyer. Have an irritating life. Let the enemy destroy you. Let's not give him any place. I said, let's not give him any place. Let's keep, let's keep the house clean. Let's clear the land. Clear the land. Are you getting this? Clear. So he has nothing to wage war with. So you go in there and go, boom, you blow it up. And he's got nothing to wage war against you because you hit him first. You hit him first. You just went right in there. I mean, you went in there and said, Lord, search me. Search me, oh God. If there's anything unclean in me, if there's anything not right in me, God, search me. Show it up, Lord. Lord, and show it to me. And there it is. Oh, in the name of Jesus. And it's just speaking the word of God. Wash it out of there with the word of God. Praying in the hole. Let the baptism of fire get in there. Burn the chaff out of there. Praise God. Hallelujah. And the enemy's like, we were going to use that. We were going to use that man. That was going to be the, your downfall. Now we got to come up with something else. See, because you struck first. Hallelujah. I'm talking get aggressive. Can you say amen? Turn to somebody and tell them, get aggressive. We're in a battle here. But we're bringing the battle to the devil. We're not waiting for him to bring it to us. Right? Let's bring it to him, guys. Let's bring it to him. Can you say amen? amen? Proverbs chapter 24. Verse 30. He says, I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And there it was, all overgrown with thorns. Its surfaces was covered with needles its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So, now watch this. So shall your poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. So notice, this sluggard was under a lock attack. The enemy came and attacked him with lock. And he was able to take him down. Why? Because he allowed the enemy to arm himself by being neglectful with the things that he had with his responsibilities. Being neglectful... It armed the enemy. Do you see that? It armed him. In other words, it weaponized him. It empowered him to wage war. To draw first blood. To come after him. Why? Just by being schlack. Don't be a schlacker. I said, don't be a schlacker. Being a slacker empowers your enemy. It empowers the enemy. The enemies of poverty, lack, and whatever other kind of enemies. The principle is the same for all these things. Now again, if this guy got up and just mowed his yard, if he did some maintenance on that wall, then he could have prevented his enemy from becoming armed and dangerous. His enemy would never have been so armed and dangerous if he just was diligent. 
in, what the, in the things that he was supposed to do. Now, this isn't just naturally speaking because spiritual things are most important. And it always comes first. So let's spiritualize this verse. I went by the field of the lazy man. I went by the faith of a lazy Christian. He's a Christian, but he's a lazy Christian. I went by, I was observing his faith. What about his faith? Well, there it was. It was all overgrown with thorns. Can your faith be overgrown with thorns? Oh, yeah, Mark chapter 4. You want to look at it? Hold your place. Mark chapter 4. Jesus talks about the condition of people's hearts. And he said in this parable, in this parable of the soils, different conditions of the soil, which is the conditions of people's hearts, he said some ground was stony ground. Well, first he said there was the wayside, right? And he said the sower went out and he was sowing the word of God. And some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came down and plucked it up. They ate it up. And he said, that's those who hear the word of God. They don't understand it. I don't understand this. And they don't care enough to get understanding. And so the devil comes and he he just comes immediately and snatches that word away. See, if you hear something and you don't understand it, maybe you should go study it out. Maybe it's worth looking into. But I know just don't understand this. You know, in John chapter 6, Jesus was talking to a bunch of his disciples and he said a bunch of things they didn't understand. And he said these things to them and he knew they wouldn't understand it. I mean, he wasn't trying to confuse them. He just, he located them. He knew where they were at. They were all in the flesh. They weren't seeking him for the right reasons. And so, you know, they didn't understand. They said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? And then they started murmuring, complaining and griping against him and they left. They betrayed him. Not a good reaction. Uh, a, a better reaction to that would have been, I don't understand this. What does this mean? I don't know. Let's, let's study this out. Let's figure this out. Let's get in this thing. God, what, is, what did he mean by that? Right? That would have been the right reaction. And so the 12, uh, they, they stayed with him. They, stayed, they said, we don't understand this, but they figured out that if we stay with him uh, long enough, we'll get it. <laughs> you know, we just, you stay with Jesus long enough, you're going to get it. You're just going to get some stuff, praise God. But a lot of folks, I just don't understand this, and they just throw it away and everything. Oh, Dylan says, thank you very much. He just takes that from you, and you'll never have it again. See? See, then there's those that the word was sown on stony ground. You know, seed goes on stony ground. And, uh, you know, like our lawn years ago, <laughs> the guys that built our house, you know, they took all the brick and all the con- extra concrete, and they just threw it out there on the, where the lawn was going to be. Instead of being nice and getting that all up out of there, they just went and threw seed on top of it. And so, you know, we had stony ground all over the place. And as soon as the sun would rise up, it would just burn it. And you just have all these patches all over the place. So eventually I had to go out there and we had to just, just tear up all that, all, that, all that grass and get down there and dig up all, that, all the rocks and the bricks and pulling up all kinds of things, you know. It's like, oh, look at this prize, you know. It's be- beautiful. And then, and then put some nice topsoil down and then just, you know, sow it over, you know, seed it again with, with, uh, with grass seed. And now I've got a beautiful lawn. You should all come over and see it sometime. It's very nice. 
But that's the stony ground. And so he tells you about the stony ground here in Mark, the fourth chapter, in uh, verse, uh, verse 17. He says, and they have no root in themselves. They have no root. <clears throat> in other words, they just have a very superficial understanding of the Bible. It doesn't go down deep. The roots don't go down deep. See, that speaks of a lot of Christians. In other words, their hearts are full of stone. And so uh, they're shallow. They're superficial. The roots don't go down very deep. And so it goes on and says, and so they endure only for a time afterwards when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. They give in, they fall apart. Now again, this doesn't necessarily mean salvation where a person you know, loses their salvation. It could, but it could be healing. It could be any of the promises of God. They don't have endurance to be able to stand when, when, the, when the tribulations of life begin to come against them. Verse 15, verse 18. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. Again, he's talking about the heart. They are the ones who hear the word... And the cares of this world. Well, we were dealing with that at the beginning of the service, weren't we? The cares of this world. The cares of life. You, you, you can't allow them in your life. It's very serious. I mean, we were talking about earlier when we were praising God and talking about the cares of life. I mean, you've got to deal with that. You have got to get those cares over onto Him. You can't be carrying those cares because it'll defeat you. He says, in the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things. I just desire these other things. There'll be all these different desires in our heart that are distractions from the word. God wants to give you the desires of your heart, right? He wants you to have the desires of your heart. But if you put those desires above him, then it's an idol. And it'll be a weapon that'll be used against you. You see what I'm saying? The enemy will come against you with these things. He'll wage war against you with these things. So, again, it's these desire for other things. It's the cares of this world. All right, now, you go back here to Proverbs 20. Did I finish it there? Uh, so, so, uh, so the, they entering in choke the word. That's what these, the cares of the world do. They come in, it chokes the word you were believing, and, and it becomes unfruitful. It never produces what it was supposed to produce. See, this, is, this is where a lot of Christians are. So he says, there's the wayside Christian. There's the stony ground Christian. None of those are good. There's the thorny ground Christian. That's not good. Then he says, then there's the good ground Christian. So that's one out of four. One out of four talking about the hearts of those who hear and believe the word of God. That's the condition. It's one out of four. And then, he says, the good ground, even that, many of those only reap 30-fold, some 60 and some 100. So, I mean, to be a 100-fold reaper, Christian man, you're in the minority. You're not the majority. The majority of Christians are over here in, in the weedy, not weedies, that makes you strong, right? <laughs> not weedies. Stony, 
I don't understand. Wayside, stony, thorny, thorny ground. A lot of Christians are over there. And then even the good ground Christians, many of them still have enough stuff and they can't get a hundredfold. They get 30 and 60. See, I don't know about you, man. I want the hundred. I, that's, just, that's just what I'm... I mean, I want a hundredfold. I, I, I don't want the devil to have some place. I don't want them to mess me up, mess me over. Room. I don't want things sticking me, thorns in the flesh. I don't want irritants in my life. I want all the irritants out. Right? And it's just a few cockroaches. I Kill all of them. You know, you find one, you find one, there's probably another. And another. And another. So don't just, ooh, I killed it. Got it. No, no, no. If you know there's a cockroach in your house, you should be vigilant. You should be on the, right? You should be aggressive. I saw a cockroach. Let's go. Kids, let's go. Put on the full armor of God. There's cockroaches around here somewhere. Ching! Let's look at those boxes over there. I'm just saying. You get aggressive. Unless you like cockroaches. Some of you might like cockroaches. I don't. You have to get rid of them. You have to go on the attack. Amen? Thank God. That's what we had to do back in the... In the don't go back there. We, not in our house, but we had a little cafe, you know, in New York before we knew the Lord. That's where I got saved back in those days. And so we had this little cafe. And you just couldn't help it because it, we had a very clean rest. Don't get us wrong. We were clean. But, you know, you have these delivery guys come and bring in all their supply, foods and cans and stuff. And they come in these boxes out of these warehouses that have roaches. So you just couldn't help it. They always, the roaches came in the boxes. And so, you know, you'd have roaches. And there were times you'd have to have an exterminator come in and just bomb the whole place. It's like you couldn't, you couldn't, it's like little, the little spray stuff wasn't any good. It's like you go in there and you squirt, you know, you, you squirt around there and stuff like that. And there was times like, listen, you can't, because, you know, customer sees a cockroach, it's all over. That spreads through, you know, that goes all over town quick. You can't let people see cockroaches. You got to get those cockroaches. So they're very, very deadly to your business. You know, so there were times you'd had to take plastic and you just had to cover everything and just go in there and just set the place up. And then we'd just drop these bombs, man, just powder just everywhere. Just exterminate and kill all these roaches. Hallelujah. We weren't the only ones. Many of the restaurants you go to. They're dropping bombs. I'm just letting you know. So you might want to eat home a little more often. Don't be the lazy man. I don't want to cook. Well, you didn't want to cook yesterday. Or the day before, or the day before, the day before, the day before. Yeah, but I don't feel like cooking. Let's go out to eat again. <laughs> right? Yeah. So Proverbs 24, we're spiritualizing this verse. I went to the faith of the lazy Christian. I was observing the faith of the lazy Christian. And there it was, all overgrown with the cares of this life, the lust and desire for other things. And its stone wall, or its spirit, was broken down. What do you mean its spirit? Well, Proverbs 25, verse 28, says, Whoever has no rule over his own spirit... 
is like a city broken down without walls. So if you don't have self-control, if that temper controls you, those temptations control you, whatever it is, if you don't have control over your own self, or your own self your, your, over your spirit, then you're, you're like a city without walls. You're, in other words, you're just wide open. You know, back in those days, I mean, a city without walls was just, it was just so vulnerable. To, anybody could come in and just overthrow that village, overthrow those people, and just conquer them. You had to have walls. I mean, that was your protection. So your spirit has to have walls. And that's your faith. You've got to build up your, build up your spirit. The Bible says in Jude 1.20, And you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues. Praise God. We're back to that again. Building yourself. Build that wall. Come on, everybody say what you say. Build the wall. Build the wall. Build the wall. Build the wall. We should get t-shirts or something, shouldn't we? Build the wall. We can go political with this thing. I, I feel it. Build the wall. You got to build your spirit up. Build it up, man. That's why we feed on the Word of God. That's why we speak the Word of God. That's why we pray in the Holy Spirit. We build up our spirit. But if you're going to be the lazy Christian, then what's going to happen? Cares of life, desires, going to dominate you. You're going to be overthrown easily. You're going to fall into this sin, into that sin. I just couldn't help myself. You know, God created me this way. And you just, you're just a sluggard, lazy sluggard. Now, there's a lot of people that are very diligent with natural things. That doesn't mean you're diligent with spiritual things. So there's a lot of people, you know, they do what it takes to get it done naturally. Oh, they'll do what it takes to get it done. But then they'll neglect spiritual things. I mean, pray. Man, I got to go to work. I'm diligent. And they go run into work. And they, they, they don't have the strength of spirit. See, the flesh don't mind working. Especially when it gets treats. It's like a little puppy. When it gets, rewar- you know, when it gets rewards, you know. When he gets things, it'll work hard. It'll work hard. It'll work hard for its goals, its dreams. Flesh will work very hard. But meanwhile, the spirit is like, I think we should read the Bible. Shut up. I'm a very busy man. I'm very busy. I have places to go, people to say, I don't have time to pray. See, See, that takes a different kind of strength. That takes spiritual strength. That's why a lot of times you'll find... Physically, you know, you can go and do and do it. But then it's like to pray. It's like, ugh. It's so hard. It feels so hard. I'm trying to, you know, trying to dramatize it, you know. You try, you try to pray. Your spirit's so weak. That's your problem. That's your problem. But you know, it's so amazing about speaking in tongues. Just going to stay on that a little bit. You, know, you sit over there and speak in tongues. Oh, it's, it's same with the Word of God. Sometimes you start out reading. Let's start with the Word. You start out reading the Word of God. It's like, ugh. Because your spirit's lazy. It's weak. It's broken down. It's, it's neglected. There's thorns all over the place. The cares of life have, have just choked the thing, just choked your spirit, choked your faith. Faith is suffocating. And now you're going to sit there and read the Bible. And it's like plowing through thorns and 
rocks and boulders. And, I mean, you got all kinds of issues, man. It's serious. This is serious landscaping. You know what I'm saying? This ain't some little thing here. This ain't pulling up a few weeds. I mean, this thing, your spirit's infested with the cares of life, with doubt and unbelief, discouragement. Holy oh, said, now you're going to read the Bible. He doesn't show up until you get in the Bible. You got to stay with it. You got to stay with it. You got to throw water on your face. That's where fasting comes in. If you want to know what fasting is for, it's, it's, to, it's to go in there with the grenades. It said, we got we to do some blasting. I'm not going to work. Just, just I'm taking three days off. I'm fasting and praying. I'm, I'm getting along with God. I got to do it. I got to just blow the thing up. I got I to gotta blast through this. That's what you got to do. Fast, fasting doesn't impress God. It's not like, Lord, I'm fasting. Are you going to answer my prayer? I'm fasting. It's like, that's not how it's God's like, oh, wow, he's fasting. He deserves it. Let's go ahead. Go ahead and get him two of those. Get him two of those. He's been fasting. He deserves two. Forget it. He's asking for one. Give him two. I mean, he's really hungry. I'm going to get <laughs> Fasting doesn't move God. It moves you. It moves what's in you out of you. And sometimes you have to have, bring in the earth-moving equipment. You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you have to bring in the big stuff, man. I'm talking about the big tractors, the big tires, you know, like the size of your house. You just got to go in there, and you got to just start blasting. Start ripping up the concrete. Right? You got to do it. That's what, so that's where fasting will come in, praise God. And you got to recognize that. You can't be satisfied with... I did my five-minute devotion. I'm good. Are you kidding me? What are you going to do in the day of battle? Besides that, you're going to be a very irritated person. You're going to have thorns in the flesh and irritants going on, man, poking at you, messing with you. And then you have big problems. Big problems all of a sudden happen in your life. Why did that happen? Why did that happen? Because it grew. It's spreading. It caused, this, it caused these greater problems to take place in your life. So we got we to gotta keep our spirit built up. Can you say amen? We got we to do battle. We got to get aggressive. Got to get aggressive. Got to get in there and fight. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. Jesus said, be faithful in the little things. Be faithful in the little things. And, and you'll be a ruler over, over, over many things or bigger things. Well, we can say it this way. You won't be ruled by big things. If you're faithful in the little things, big things won't dominate you. Why? Because they'll never get too big for you. Because you're faithful in the little things. Be faithful in the little things, and you'll rule over. You'll stay on top. See? But you've got to be the aggressor. Don't just do stuff when you have to do it. Do it because... You want to get out ahead of the enemy and take out his schemes against your life. Right? Take out his cares of life. Take out his stony stuff. Take his stuff out that he would try to come against you. We need to have everything. We need to be strong so that no matter what the enemy does, we're able to stand. 
Like he said in Ephesians 6, verse 13, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Do all to stand. Do it all now, man. Do it all now. Don't wait. I said, don't wait. How many people know this world's got problems? We do not know what tomorrow holds. But the Bible talks about the great tribulation. By the way, I've written a book. It just seems like a good, good place to put it in there. Can you hold that up, young lady? Yeah, there it is. It's called The Truth Concerning the Great Tribulation. It's a faith guide for the final days. That's what it is. It's a faith guide for the final days. So make sure you get a copy of it at your local church bookstore. Or you can order it online by going to lofbc.org. Or call the number on the screen. And just get it done. Praise God. Get the book. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm doing all I can to stand. Hallelujah. And to overcome. You see, we got to push back the enemy. Somebody say, I'm ready to push the devil back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're going to do now, right? We're going to push back. We're going to take territory. We're going to possess the land. Hallelujah. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Building ourselves up on our most holy faith. Getting in the Word of God. Get to know the Scriptures. Hallelujah. Use the Word of God. Use the sword. Use the missiles. Use the firepower that God's given you. Hallelujah. Be loaded up with ammo. And let's go. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, give him a faith shout. Praise God. Let's stand on our feet. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.